Ultimate Guide Podcast, Episode 44. Hey, it's Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, host and creator of the Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, and I have another special guest for you today, Nicole Kellerman Worth. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. Nicole wants to live in a world, I love this, where women actually enjoy the process of losing weight and connecting with their bodies. And ladies, you know how difficult this all is. <laughs> now, as a weight loss coach, she's been featured on major websites like The Well-Grounded Life, Sweaty Betty's, I love that, and The Greatest. When she's not fearlessly, yet with a lot of love, okay, <laughs> pushing her clients into a lifestyle they dream of, you can find her laughing with friends, connecting with nature, and loving up on her husband and two dogs. Her business, Wildly Alive Weight Loss, is for women who want to stop dieting, reframe their minds so they can reshape their bodies. Her teachings are like nothing you've ever heard. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you her website. I want you to check it out after you listen to the interview. You can go to uh, www.wildlyaliveweightloss.com, spelled as it should be in the English language. I always have to clarify that because sometimes <laughs> web names are wacky. Wildlyaliveweightloss.com. So, Nicole, it is so nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that you had time for Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Mm -hmm. So, my first question for all of my guests is to just... You know, in a nutshell, give me a brief overview of you, how you came to be doing this, what it is that, that you do helping us ladies with our weight loss woes. Yeah, so I, it was, it's an interesting story. I was never healthy and fit as a child. I was never taught the importance of being healthy and vegetables. And so I never struggled with my weight. But when I got out of high school, I gained about 30 pounds and I was totally lost. And so I did what most women are told to do when they lose weight is we diet. And so I started dieting. And if anybody watching has dieted, it is horrible. It's right. unrealistic. It sucks. It's not fun. And so if I, if I ever lost any weight, I always gained it back. I felt like I was very obsessed with the entire process. And I was also like a fitness nut. And so... Now, looking back on it, I see that every time I did a diet and it failed because it's basically, it's a setup for failure, mm. uh, it took out a notch of my self-esteem. And so um, I saw a commercial for personal training school. And again, I was like in the gym all the time because I thought that you had to eat carrot sticks and canned tuna and exercise a lot to lose weight. So they were like, do you love to be in a gym? And I was like, well, I'm there all the time anyway. And they're like, you should be a personal trainer. So I called uh, the school, I set up an appointment with a counselor, and I signed up for personal training school that day. And I signed up to lose weight. I did not sign up. I could have cared less to be a personal trainer. And it sounds so stupid and irrational, and it was, but I found my passion. I figured out I was doing a lot of things wrong. I lost majority of the weight through school, and then I went out in my own personal training business. And though I told my clients that I loved my new healthy and fit body, I would come home and I would feel like a fraud because I still felt like there was more work to do. Mm. And so um, I am kind of a curvy girl. I have a lot of curves in my hips and I thought, well, if I could get my top half to match my bottom half, then I'll just be a curvy trainer. I just kept saying that to myself. 
And so um, I decided to get a breast augmentation. Again, very stupid and irrational. And at the time, I was ultimately doing it to find happiness, which right. is all the wrong reasons to go underneath the knife. And so being the determined person that I am, I got the surgery. And I remember coming out of surgery and being like, okay, Nicole, you have no reason to be unhappy anymore. You're a curvy trainer. You're a curvy trainer. And I just kept on trying to say that to myself. And it was about two months out of surgery. I uh, was going out with a few girlfriends. I had tried on all my clothes, and they all made me look fat. Mm. And that was my fall to my knees, crying, what is going to give? This isn't working. I just spent spent time and money on dieting. I spent $15,000 in personal training school, $8,000 on breast augmentation, and I was still sad and unhappy. And so I kind of just gave up. I just said, whatever I'm doing isn't working. So I just stopped it all. And a few months later, uh, my now husband came into my life. And I do not like to say that a man saved me because Zach did not save me. But what he did is he showed me what living was again. I mean, I was your type A checklist, calorie counter, you know, spontaneity, what the hell is that? No way. You know, like I was very, very stringent type A and he was totally different. And so he was all about going out and living life and having fun and going on adventures. And what so beautifully happened was I now looked at food as something that nourished me and gave me the ability to live instead of something that was merely a number or that I disciplined or rewarded myself with. I lost any extra weight I was carrying around, and it's no, by no means perfect, but I started to find compassion and love for every part of my body, even the cellulite, even all the imperfections. And that's how my business, Wildly Alive Weight Loss, has evolved into what it is, is because losing weight is not about restricting. It's actually about going out and having more fun and feeling nourishment from your experiences, so then you won't need the food to make you happy. Right, because I'm sure emotional eating is a huge part of right. the you know weight problem that people yep. have. I know you know I emotionally eat. I assume I don't know about guys, but I assume Some. all women, in one way or another, mm -hmm. you know, emotionally eat. That's one of the things that we turn to to make us feel better. Yeah. You know, when yeah. we're when we're sad. I don't know why that happened. Whether we're wired that way or we've been taught to do that. Well, or... food makes us feel better. Right. I mean, food yeah. releases chemicals into our system that That's physiologically good. make us feel better. Yeah. And they design junk food to right. be that way, which right. is really unfair. But that is unfair. that's why it's 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 not psychological. It's really physiological. When we eat chocolate, it's, you get a rush of, you know, hormones that make you feel good. And so it can be a little dangerous when you only look at food as something to make you happy, not something that nourishes you right. and makes you right. alive. Right, says the woman who I told you before, right before we started recording that I was having my mid-morning snack and I was eating yeah. almonds and I topped it off with a chocolate-covered almond, right? Because I like to have that taste in my, that yeah. taste of chocolate in my mouth. But, but, I mean, but, I but I've learned to have one right. chocolate-covered almond and enjoy right. having that flavor rather than eat a, you know, a chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't believe in restricting yourself of of chocolate at all, but it's just a matter of how you eat it and where your mindset is. If you're eating chocolate covered almonds because you had a really stressful day yeah, right. and like it relaxes you, okay, that's different. But if you're having your mid-morning snack and you're like, "Hey, I want chocolate covered almonds." Hey, have it. You know, it's not a <laughs> right. big deal. Like it's right. not going right. to break the bank and it's okay. In that situation, you're not reaching it 
for emotional reasons. Right, right. And that makes all the difference. So yeah. you, you know that, that this um, podcast is geared towards we people who are over 50, you know, uh-huh. men and women. Mm-hmm. I know you deal mostly with women, right, in your right. practice. Oh, yeah. So we ladies, sorry, sorry guys, you can listen. And no, have, it's not have the lady that you love, you know, listen to. Um, but one thing that I discovered as a baby boomer, I'm a baby boomer, being over 50 is I, I went through menopause, right? Mm. And then suddenly uh, I'd been active and fit my whole life. Mm. But suddenly things were different once I, I went through menopause. My body doesn't do things the same way anymore. Do you, do you find that you're counseling boomers differently? Well, I mean, I understand that our body changes and I get that. And here's my belief on that is I think that we need to love our bodies through all phases of life. I mean, especially a female body, it's constantly evolving and changing. And so I'm a huge component of like intuitive eating. So learning, learning how to eat that's best for you in that moment, not what the nutritionist says, not what your personal trainer says, not what um, the magazines say. Not what's hot, you know? It's right. like what when you eat something and you get a good reaction, you have energy, you're feeling good, you're feeling light. Okay, what did I eat? Let's eat more of that. Or if you eat something and it weighs you down and you're gassy and you're bloated and you're tired, hmm, maybe you shouldn't eat that anymore, you know? Right. And so I think if you learn how to listen to your body and be more of an intuitive eater, as you move through the phases of life with your body, you're able, you have a sustainable, sustainable tool for health forever because what's once, what's working for me now probably won't work for me in 20 years. And that's okay with me as long as I know how to listen and be like, hmm, I used to love fish. Now it's not really doing anything for me. It's not really something that I enjoy anymore. It's not responding to my body the way that it used to. Maybe I should start eating more chicken or maybe I should try veganism or vegetarianism and just like experiment with what works and what is responding to your body the best. Right. Recognize that this, that this change is always going to be happening. You know, you can't stop it. And people try. They're like, they're wanting to look like, I mean, women in their forties want to look like they were in high school again. And it's like, okay, shut the magazine. Yeah. Turn off the TV. That is not realistic. Let's be real. Like you're not going to look like you're in high school after you've had two children. I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to like feed that. And I know that there are some women out there who do, but physiologically, if that's not your body makeup, um, and you're, you have some stretch marks, like those aren't going to go away. Those are beautiful signs on your body that you created a baby in there, you know? So it's really about shifting your perspective on, these imperfections of our body and yes gaining some some torso weight in your in in during menopause again don't let yourself go too far down that i think your mind plays a big role don't just assume i'm going to hit menopause and i'm going to get this tire around my waist because i think you will create that i think okay. you should you know really i'm going to be healthy and fit and in my 50s i'm going to be healthy and fit and in my 50s and it's also just a beautiful time to come into more love for your body, recognizing what she does do right, not what doesn't look right, right. and just enhancing that relationship even more. Okay. Here's my next question for you. If you could give me your top three tips, mm-hmm. right, for, for my listeners, people viewing this podcast, towards maybe flipping that switch, you know, my mindset that 
if I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see, maybe I need to go on a diet or I don't like what I see, I'm going to go get plastic surgery. I don't like what I see, I'm going to wear, you know, clothes that cover it all up. What are your top three tips to change, flipping that switch, changing my mindset so that I really am living a healthier life so that I'm looking at, at food in a healthy way mm-hmm. as a fuel to my body so I can go do other things. Yeah, this is really good. So my first tip is always the most powerful. I never, when I first started practicing this tool, I didn't realize the power that it had. It was in 2010 when I started telling my clients about it. Um, but we all have that voice in the back of our head, right? We call it the ego, the inner critic. Right. We all know that voice. Right. Um, and so the power in this is really personifying and naming the voice. So in, in the Wild the Alive Weight Loss Program, which I run my clients through, we go as far as drawing her, which is really interesting because you see a lot of subconscious programming, like a lot of like teachers, actually, a lot of Helga, we call her Helga in the program. You can call her whatever you want. We like to call her Helga. Helga. But um, a lot of teachers, like, te- they draw, like, teachers, and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Did you have a school teacher that made you feel really bad as a child? Again, it's opening the doors to for- some forgiveness work, or it's just really interesting. Hmm. Um, just drawing her is interesting. I know it's a whole extra step, but if you did it, I think you would be pretty, like, take a step back and really look at what you drew, and it's mm-hmm. like, what is this saying? So anyway, personifying her is so powerful because we believe that we have to believe everything our mind says. And so when you can really separate your ego, Helga, from your true self, you now have the power to change. So Helga comes up in the mirror a lot. She comes up in the kitchen. She comes up when you're picking out an outfit. When you're around healthy and fit women, she'll tell you either that you know, you're never going to look like that or she'll say that you don't want to look like that anyway because you might perce- be perceived as selfish, right? So she, she plays both sides of the coin. She's the one who says you should eat the cake, and then she tells you you're a fat hog for eating the cake, right? It's not very nice. <laughs> you like, can't win, right? Yeah, you can't. I don't like this Helga already. No. I don't like her. Okay. Exactly. And so when, when you really personify her, again, name her, have a vision of her, and just start going about your life and stepping back, and witnessing how you automatically respond to situations. Mm-hmm. So if you're being challenged by your mother or your sister, she could easily come in and be like, you're right, she's wrong. Or she could say, you need to make your sister happy. You need to just agree with everything she says. So Helga has certain moods, and in my program we, we break those down, like perfectionism, overachievement, junkie Helga, loveless Helga, you know, worry wart Helga, we kind of break them down a little bit more just so people can really see what mood is kind of overtaking okay. your mind. And it's, it's, it doesn't sound powerful. I know like talking like, oh, that doesn't sound that huge, but it's huge. I, you know, I teach this and I get so many people email me and say, oh my gosh, Helga, Helga is in my mind so much. It's kind of depressing. And I always say like, okay, I get that. But with awareness comes change. And now that you see that she's in your mind 90% of the time, you can now choose differently. Mm -hmm. You can now tell her to zip it, and then you can choose a self-loving action instead of a disempowering action. 
And that's really where the power comes in is recognizing it, taking a step back and recognizing it. Like if she's telling you to eat the cake because you've worked so hard today, you know, just saying, hmm, okay, well, she's telling me I should eat this cake. You know, putting your hand on your heart and just saying, do I really want this cake? How am I going to feel in 20 minutes after I eat this cake? Do I, and again, if you really want it, I'm totally cool with that. Sit down and relax and enjoy it. But which be is the aware of step. why you're choosing to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. If you're just eating it because Helga's telling you to because you work so hard, you're going to scarf it down. You're going to feel like crap in 20 right. minutes. Because she's going to tell you, why right. did you do that? You know yeah, that wasn't good for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't like this, Helga. All right. So yeah. that, that, was, that was one tip. Yeah, right? that was step so one. So personify that voice that we all have in our head. Yep. So what's another tip? The second one is be a food lover. So this is a concept that I came up with, and lover is an acronym. It's not in any sequential order. If I could have figured it out, it would have been pretty sweet, but I couldn't figure it out. So just know this isn't in any sequ sequential order, but it's about changing your experience with food. So um, L stands for look at your food. Well, actually, let me just back up really quick because he here's why this concept is so powerful, especially for emotional eaters. Someone once said to me, because I always said, I struggle with my weight because I love food so much. Like, mm, so good. Like, oh, I just I love it. Like, I can't restrict myself of it. I love it. That's why I can't lose weight. And they said, well, if you loved it so much, why wouldn't you give it the time and respect to actually enjoy it? Because I am a scarfer. I was a scarfer. <laughs> you know, like, just get it in there. Can't get it in there quick enough. And, you know, emotional eating is totally like that. And so... Um, you know, I really thought about that and I thought about bringing this experience to food, bringing this energy to the entire experience that helped you enjoy the process. And so L stands for look at your food, really easy one, just kind of gets you aware like here, um, into the moment. O stands for observe what you taste and say thanks. Again, getting your senses involved. Is it sweet? Is it spicy? Is it sticky? Is it crunchy? What is it? Like break down the ingredients mm -hmm. in your in your mouth and, and obviously saying thank you because it's really important to practice gratitude. Um, e stands for eliminate distractions internally and externally. So this is a big one. Um, externally, obviously, turn off the TV, shut off the phone. I've had a few women ask me about reading. I think reading is fine. I don't see reading being a problem if... You read, you set it down, you take a bite, you relax, you enjoy. But right. if you're like, you know, that's that's right. that's that's defeating the purpose, okay. right? Um, and so, really, just turning off those distractions because you're missing that mind-body connection with the food. It's like the whole movie and popcorn analogy. You go to the movies, you buy this big honk and popcorn, and then all of a sudden, your hands hitting the bottom, and you're like. Yeah, you don't even remember just, eating. I just ate this whole bag. Like, what? yeah, exactly. And so you need to have, you need to be aware. You need to tell your mind has to know that you're eating, and then ex ex internal um, internal distractions is like the guilt. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm not a fan of saying good food, bad food. Um, but if you're going to eat the cake, and you're like, you know what? I'm at a birthday party. I'm relaxed. I'm enjoying myself. I want to enjoy a piece of cake, cool. I'm totally okay with that. Be a food lover and don't have any guilt. Right. Because if you're eating the cake while feeling guilt, 
you're increasing stress in your system. You're going to store fat faster from a physiological standpoint. And also you'll end up eating more. So you'll end up going for a second or a third piece because you're telling yourself, no, you shouldn't, you're a bad girl. You shouldn't be eating this. This is bad food. And the little rebel in us says, screw you. Like, watch me eat three pieces, you know? So if you tell yourself that you're, you give yourself permission to eat this and just really enjoy it, because how many times have we ate really, like, not so healthy but yummy food, uh, but we end up eating it so fast that we didn't even taste it. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. it's so much better if you just allow yourself internally and externally to, to really be in the moment and enjoy it. Um, and then V stands for venture in. How is your body responding? So that's not, again, this is the first step to intuitive eating, but... Um, not only in the moment, but also 20 minutes later. Again, if you have energy, eat more of those things. If you're gassy and bloated, right, right. probably yeah, not pay good. Pay attention e- to what happens afterwards, right? Right. Even if it's healthy. <clears throat> even if it's, you know, even if it's a, a salad or maybe there's something in the salad that didn't agree with you, it's okay. Like, don't deny yourself that and think, oh, I can't eat healthy because it made right. me gassy. But there was something in there, you know. Um, and then E stands for eliminate. Wait, what am I at? The... Oh, uh, R. Yeah, R. <laughs> yeah. Right. Rest your fork and breathe. So again, relax back and chill and set the fork down and notice your scenery. And just, again, like you can just envision this entire process is very relaxed. Mm-hmm. And so when we're relaxed, when we're eating food, we can listen to our bodies more. We can stop when we're full. And um, the entire experience is just so much more beautiful. Your relationship with food really shifts when you are actually a food lover most of the right, time. Right. That was so interesting to hear you go through that step by step. I've never heard anyone talk about the process of eating, mm-hmm. you know, consuming food quite in that manner. And yet yeah. to hear you talk about it makes so much sense. Because mm-hmm. even... You know, even when you, when you're, <clears throat> whether you're eating something that you think is, you know, good, I'm doing good at this meal. This is something I'm supposed to be eating. When you're not taking the time to actually, I know it sounds hokey, right? You know, build that relationship right. with the food. You're still not quite appreciating, you know, you're patting yourself on the back. Oh, I'm a good girl, right. but you're not really internalizing, right. appreciating that. Or, or when you cheat. Right. right. I call it cheating, which it clearly, you know, those yeah, are emotional words. That. Right. Yes, don't call don't it, that. Call it I, that. And that's what it, what Helga in my head is saying. You cheated. You had this for this meal. Right. You did good all day. But this one, right. you didn't. You're a cheater. Um, right. But you don't necessarily take the time to really enjoy that either right. because, it, you know, you're like the little kid that's hiding because, you know, you're not yep. supposed to be doing that. So you, you eat mm-hmm. it fast. You're being sneaky and going. Well, I cheated and I can't even remember what it tasted like now. Right. So it's yeah, different. It, it totally shifts. Yeah. I mean, and when you even look at healthy meals instead of being good as self-loving, mm-hmm. because this is what people say. It's so funny how Helga does this is like when you think of the sugar and you think of the junk food, you think it's a treat. Yeah. You're rewarding yourself. And it's like when you really think about how that will make you feel. Right going to make you gassy and bloated and feel gross and Helga's going to come in. It's like, really? Is that really a reward? A, a reward? Is that really self-loving? Yeah. And so again, like that's the whole emotional eating component in there as well. 
But like, again, I'm not a fan of good food, bad food, and I eat, I eat junk food from time to time. But when you really dismantle good food, bad food, and you tell yourself you can eat anything that you want, majority of the time you want to choose healthy foods because that's what our bodies are designed to eat. Right. Occasionally, yes, you have the cake, you have the chocolate, you have the ice cream, you have the pizza, you have the beer. Cool. Just be a food lover and moderation will become very easily right. accessible because you're not telling yourself that you shouldn't be doing it. Right. Yeah, you're not attaching the, uh, the emotions to it, you know, good or bad. So what do you think the biggest challenge is? to flipping this switch? What's my biggest obstacle going to be in getting started? I think it's how we're programmed to eat. So like, so my stepmom was a nurse for years. So standing up and eating and eating in a rush was right. like how she was programmed. And so it's about, it's about stopping that automatic pattern. Maybe it's like for a while, and I told my husband Zach this, every time he would eat, he would grab his phone so he could like fart around on his phone. Usually he'd be reading things like CNN or Fox News or something. But like I just said to him like look at what you're doing every single time you eat breakfast. You like he checks his where's my phone? You know, like he's just like checking looking for his right. phone. Yeah. You know, it's and so it's about like really recognizing or maybe it's just sit in front of the TV, you put it on the coffee table, you turn the TV on. I got to be eating and watching TV at the same time. <laughs> so it's like just really being aware again of that automatic behavior and then choosing something differently. It's like I'm going to go out on the patio and eat breakfast and notice what's around me or I'm going to turn on some music instead. And it's, I'll be honest, I think people find it very uncomfortable at first. Yes, right, sure. Because they're like this well, breaking any habit is uncomfortable, right. Right. whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. Bra right. Breaking a habit, it's hard to create, in, but it's hard to break right? because right? it really does make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and so you have to sit with the uncomfortability and just take a deep breath and remind yourself of this conversation that we had. And, you know, hopefully you have your lover sticky note. That's what I always tell people. Just write the acronym down on the mm -hmm. sticky note and have it right there. And, and see it as a loving act like it's an act of self-love is like you sitting down and really enjoying it and the truth is I went to Africa and and volunteered for a few weeks last year and it's like we really should be way more grateful oh, with yes. the fact that we have access to such good food mm -hmm. um, you know like we can choose organic here and it's like really sitting down and really being grateful for that it's it sounds crazy but like we have totally gone so far from what food really is and that somebody picked this and somebody grew it and the sun nourished it and the rain nourished it and there was so much work to bring this meal to you I wish that people could really think about the process in which it took to get there and when you can sit there and be really grateful for that then you know it really shifts your relationship with food and again you don't want to abuse yourself with it as much and you want to choose things that were nourished from people and not like chemically made in a lab so it is interesting it really does your relationship with food is huge and you know I have women say I just wish like it's kinda like smoking where I didn't really need smoking so I could quit it and it makes me sad when people say that but I was in that place at once too and I just said but food makes you a great mom it makes you a great grandmother it makes you smile it makes you laugh like 
really essentially without food, our lives would be nothing. When you really think about the nutrients that it gives us to go for a walk, for our eyes to be able to see, it's just, you really have to shift your relationship with food. And that's, that's the key, I think, to emotional eating and, and, uh, and, and weight loss, for sure. Sure. So if someone is listening or watching today, uh -huh. right now, what would you have them get up and do to start making the changes? Well, I think first you have to name your Helga or you can okay. call her Helga. It's fine. But, you know, I think that is I think that is the first step, because the thing is, is even when it comes to the food lover concept, if you're aware of Helga and you're aware that Helga's like turn on the TV, you know, or, or like she's stressing you out about something while you're eating, mm -hmm. um, it's hard to be a food lover. So when you can recognize how Helga is coming into all aspects of your life, it's really the first change. I mean, it's, it's one little simple step that for years I have gotten emails after emails after emails from women saying, oh my gosh, this Helga woman, right, <laughs> I like, exactly. I'm taking her Because it's down. not just about food. She's talking to you all day long about all kinds of things. Right. She's, so, it's not yeah, just about weight loss. Once you can separate loss. that. Yeah. It's not it's, just about weight loss. It's, it's everything about, you do. Yes. Holding <clears> you back <throat> from a dream job, from yeah. the relationship that you deserve. Yes, everything. Holding you back from everything. Yeah. So what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? This has been fascinating stuff. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yeah, I really do. I'm hoping that everyone else did too. I mean, the, those two concepts, actually, I, I've written a book on the food lover concept. It's just like a little mini ebook. You can right. get it on Amazon called Food Love, Be a Food Lover, Lose Weight. And then I'm actually writing another little just 20-minute read because that's my attention span, let's be honest. Um, a little 20-minute read on, on Helga too because... Being in, I've been teaching it since 2010, I, and again, I didn't realize the power that I was creating this. Right. I just knew it worked for me. But then the feedback that I get, I'm like, I'm on to something yes. here. Yeah, you are. I don't know what I created, but it is cool, yeah. you know? And it really helps, again, shift your relationship with your body and shift your relationship with food, which is very emotional subjects for a lot of women and has helped me. So right. anyway, you can find more about me. Just go to my website, Wild. Wildlyaliveweightloss.com and right. there's wildly a quiz. Alive, <clears throat> excuse me, wildlyaliveweightloss.com. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Now, my very last question before uh -huh. we we end our time together. Although I would love to keep talking to you <laughs> because uh, we were talking before um, we actually started recording for the interview, and I was talking about I was having my mid morning snack. So clearly, uh, I've been following a process the last few weeks, and I've lost 16 pounds, and I, you know it's it's felt good, and I've started to change the way I view food. And I I grew. My mom wouldn't like hearing me say this, but my mom stopped cooking dinner when I was 16 because I was always out. It, right there was no there was no point in making a family dinner anymore when the family wasn't showing up because everybody was older right, right? And, and was doing things. Right. And as a 16 year old with a job, I was eating at Wendy's and McDonald's and, and I created a habit that has followed me throughout my lifetime that I keep falling back to. And it's right. been fun to sort of learn to enjoy fresh food again and the process of cooking it, you know, right. and this Helga thing is going to be really good for me. Cause you, you heard some of the words I used. I cheated. I, I was bad, you know, right. th that's my Helga. That's what she says to me when right. I fall off the path that I think I'm supposed to be on. Right. right. It's psychological. So it is psychological. And it's, you're, you're helping me. Foundation. Yeah. You're helping me see that tremendously, which is so cool. So my last question for you, I, I, I got off track. 
that's why I'm saying I could talk to you all day because I'm so <laughs> into this right now. But my last question for you before we end our time together is do you have uh, an inspirational quote or story that you'd like to leave us with uh, before we part ways? I think it's just um, I'd like to say to every woman watching is your body is the wisest asset you have access to. And for so long and through dieting, I thought that my body was just this thing that would just hung on me that was never right and would never be right and was just cellulite and ugh. And the truth is, is that your body is so smart. And when you start building your relationship with your body and really essentially personifying your body too because your body has its own wisdom. Some of my clients call her beauty. I love it. Um, you, you have the answer to any question any question. And anytime you're fearful or doubtful, your body is your best friend and she's always here with you forever. And to build that relationship and see that it's so much more than just this arm, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. so much more than that. It's so much deeper than that. And really having a good relationship with your body is, I think it's life changing. Yeah, absolutely. This has been fantastic. I'm so glad that I have a name for, for that voice now. Yeah. Right. And Helga, Helga is a great name. Yeah. I can, I can, I can see her. That is, you are on to something because that alone is so powerful mm -hmm. to personify that stupid little voice that, mm -hmm. that bothers me, you know, mm -hmm. from time to time. I love it. Nicole Kellerman Worth. It has been wonderful meeting you today. Yeah, it was great. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Oh, I'm sure they will. If they're anything like me. And you know you are. That's why you come in and watch and listen right. to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. And you can always, if I always say this, I say it the same way every time. If you're on the treadmill, I don't want you getting off the treadmill to write any of this stuff down because I'm very happy that you're on the treadmill. Or if you're <laughs> driving in your car, whatever, always come back to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast.com, which I realize is abominably long. And you can always <laughs> abbreviate it. We always call, internally, we call Boomer's Ultimate Guide anything bug b-u-g uh, so you yeah. can always go to the bug podcast.com that's a shortcut that'll get you to the same place and you can always search for nicole which is uh spelled uniquely n-i-c-h-o-l-e mm -hmm. or you can look through the um the fitness you know and health section of the podcast and find this particular episode and be able to then follow some of these links you know, mm -hmm. at Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, we release a new episode every Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Time because we want to help you. I help people build thriving businesses, but I do that so that you can live a vibrant life. And that's what Nicole helps you do, live a vibrant Woo life. Yeah. So until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.